above the mass, I watch the swirl of smoke from candles burning. While Mary looked up yawning, I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus, I love my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. And all those things I thought were true, someday I'd break the big taboo. Welcome to the Free Thought Radio Hour. You can call me Doubter Five. This is WOZO Radio thirteen. Uh, excuse me, one hundred three point nine Low Power FM, Knoxville, Tennessee. And tonight I have with me the Wombat. The Wombat. And Ty Wells. How are you? Feeling good. One good week down, another one up ready to go. That's right. And uh, in this show, we'll be talking about atheism, free thought, humanism, rational thought, science. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And despite what uh, Steve Martin would have you think, there are a lot of atheist songs, and you'll be hearing them right here on this program and randomly on the station. Um, let's see. We'll also be talking about the atheist and rationalist groups that reside here in Knoxpatch and how you can connect with them. Knoxpatch. Yeah. Oh, it's a play on Dog Patch, which, which was an old um, comic strip um, analogy in Little Amber. Okay. Little Abner, excuse me. I'll be getting mail over that. Um, anyway, so did you know that there was an atheist television show broadcasting right here in Knoxville? And has been for six years. That's right. And you will be talking about that too later. Uh, but you can actually call into that show and talk to atheists uh, and get your questions answered. So you brought some stuff in with you today oh, yeah. to talk about. What did okay, you talk so about? Mama Wombat, <laughs> going over this. Uh, she is a Jehovah Witness. Oh, wait a minute. You're not coming out over the uh, hey, radio. There you go. Try it now. Great. So, uh, Mama Wombat? Mama Wombat. So I grew up in a Christian family. I had a Christian upbringing, but it was an interesting one because it was based out of utility. So we were a military family. We'd go from city to city all across America. And the first thing we'd do is we'd look for a church to go join mm-hmm. just so we could help move, unload the car so we could have like a babysitter so we could have things to do on the weekend, et cetera. Sure. But now that all of Mama Wombat's kids have left, she needs people she can hang out with. And there was a time where we didn't go to church because we just didn't see any utility in it. Uh-huh. Now, now she goes to uh, Kingdom. They don't call it church. Kingdom they, Hall? Kingdom like Jehovah's Hall. Witness? Jehovah's Witnesses, they have their own set of terminology. It's mm-hmm. still Judeo-Christian, mm-hmm. but there's some twists on it. Yeah. And uh, what she kindly did, now that she's in this group, we're actually happy she's in the group because now she has a peer. Well, sure. Some yeah. You don't want her to be lonely. Plus, yeah. she gets exercise. She's knocking on people's doors. She's oh, great. Around, stuff like that. <laughs> so we're, we're happy for her, actually. Uh, <laughs> she has people to hang out with. She has dinner parties. She sends in pictures yeah. and stuff like that. It adds yeah. things to her life. Yeah. But I asked her. And we normally talk on the phone. She's 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 okay with me being an atheist, by the way. Oh, cool. I asked her if she could send me some of the stuff, her religious pamphlets. Mm-hmm. And she believes this 100%. 
but and she she would love to have me converted as well. I imagine to a certain extent. Uh-huh. So she, I, I didn't I didn't imagine she'd have any reluctance to give you the a pamphlet. No, no, no. That's actually part of her job. So yeah, she, yeah. Uh, we'll go grocery shopping, and she'll have them in her back mm-hmm. pocket, handing out. We have to actually tell her, please don't. Well, sure. Don't proselytize. Yeah. So we had an interesting phone call. Right. This is probably the couple of days just before my first time I was talking with you, and I said, I have three questions for you. The first is, uh, is God omniscient? Or that means, can he do everything? Or is well, that... omniscient means know everything. Oh, I'm Omnipotent. Sorry. Omnipotent. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I asked. And then I asked if, she, if he's omniscient after that. Does uh-huh. he know everything? Well, sure. And then I asked, do you get your morality from the Bible? Or do you get your morality from your holy book? And I said, if you write those three questions down, you can send me whatever you want. And take your time to answer them. And I thought in the pamphlet that she was going to give me was a concrete answer to the three things that I asked. Oh. Instead, I didn't get that. No. I got these pamphlets, which kind of get close to the question, but don't really answer the question that I wanted. Like, as yeah, clearly. or the answer that you, you requested. I found two things about these, and I guess we can go through them. Sure. This. Sure. So, uh, if you want to look at these. Now, these these are hitting me cold. I haven't read them yet. <laughs> it's fine. So. I'm sure they're, they're public domain to a yeah. degree. But essentially what these are are pamphlets that they would hand out to people that they need to do their uh, door-to-door. Uh, so you think, are you suggesting we read them over the air? Or? No, no. What, I'm, what I will do is point out a pattern that I found with them. Okay. And there's two concerns that I have. The first is that I think this would be a really good educational experience, at least for me, is that while I was going through them, there tends to be a, uh, a begging of the question. Mm-hmm. And begging the question tends to be one of the major logical... Right, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, would you explain what a begging of the question means? Sure. I, so generally when you try to ask something honestly, you want to learn about it as honestly as you possibly can. But if you already feed an answer that you want into the question, mm-hmm. it can lead you to a particular answer that's not necessarily right. close to the truth. What would yeah. you define it as? Um, no, that sounds right. It's when you presuppose the answer in your in your uh, in your question that you're asking someone. Right. Uh, like, um, oh, uh, what would you say? Who created the universe? Yeah, or who created you? Right. You know, well, I know who created me. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. That's true. I got Mama Wombat for that. It actually was a who. (laughs) (laughs) It was a who. But the previous question didn't necessarily have to be a who. Sure. And the who who itself gives away the begging of the question. So would would you say who designed me Mm -hmm. is also a form of begging the question? Mm -hmm. Uh, To an an extent that I'm familiar with, I would just say biochemistry, right? Or I'd say like, you know the whatever goes on when two people meet but uh-huh. to consider that there's a designer behind that that's like mentally pulling this all together that starts to feed in additional information into the question and you may not necessarily get something honest out of it so when i go through these pamphlets one of the first questions that i see is who is the designer and right. then of course the first thing it says first line says the answer is available in the ancient book called the bible the second thing that i would have and i guess that would be the second point that i'd like to bring up is in my opinion there's a difference between the argument and and what substantiates the argument. Well, sure. Okay. Um, and, and the very fact that they used creator begs the question that it, that there was actually a creator, right? And that it was a who, right? You know, instead of how did it be, how did it come to be created, hmm. and even that. Uh, kind of begs the question of a creator. Sure. But how did it come into existence is a much better question. 
Right. Because you know, it doesn't make any presuppositions at all. It may not even be a who. It could mm-hmm. just be literally right. a how, right? Uh-huh. Uh, also, so the argument versus what substantiates the argument, hey, you have a book. It's a really nice book. It says a lot of things. What proves any of that stuff is true? I don't really. Oh, you mean about my book? I don't know. Hey, tell uh, me about your book. Hey, I heard you wrote a book, by the way. I, yeah, well, let me talk about your book. Yeah. That actually uh, be a good example. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Atheism. What's it all about? <laughs> and you can find it on uh, Amazon and other book outlets. Uh, the thing about it is um, I don't give answers in the book as much as I ask a lot of questions okay. that believers don't want to ask. You wouldn't say there's anything substantive about any of the things that are written in your book, not any definitions or anything like that? Well, just definitions, but those are definitions you could find in the dictionary. So you can use a secondary source to verify the sure. information that's in your yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird that if you have like a holy book and no other historical book right. tends to support well, the things I, that are in that book, then you have a problem. For sure. Yeah. Uh, things a, a, a book can't be true just because it says it's true. Sure. In that case, every holy book in the world would be true. Matter of fact, every single book in the world would be true as long as it said that it was true. In, as long in the as it book. said it was true. You know. so, so I actually have a, a really funny thing where I try. I have the the philosophy of the notebook or the note uh, the napkin. The philosophy of the napkin. The philosophy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Twenty. This, this this book this napkin has to be true. Yes. Because I say it's true on the napkin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I thought I so, came up with everything. Well, I was seeing it, <laughs> it on the web. It was a, a meme on the internet. Okay, I literally thought I came up with that. Well, I guess I not. I guess everything. Been somebody taken. found your napkin. They <laughs> <laughs> made a meme out of it. Okay, yeah, you never know. Okay, yeah. So those are the two things I'd like to at least get through. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it? Begging the question. Mm-hmm. And argument versus what actually supports that argument. Right. And uh, the, one of the things, getting back to this, to the book where I say I've got a lot of questions in the book, one particular que- uh, uh, chapter is nothing but questions for Christians. I don't have the book here with me. I could look it up online. Give but, me an example. Um, I'd love to put okay. on my Christian hat. How could God hold um, Adam and Eve uh, accountable for their sin of non-obeying him uh. if, they didn't know that it was wrong until they ate the apple of which is right and wrong and good and evil. Sure, right. Yeah. They did not know the concept of that that disobeying God was wrong. Sure, until they ate the apple. Okay, because and if he had explained it to them before they ate the apple, mm-hmm. he would have basically given them the information that he had just forget forbidden them to have. You mind if I put on my Christian hat for this? Sure. You know, one of the great things about being like both of us being atheists mm-hmm. is we don't have to agree on everything. It's fun to argue, but sometimes mm-hmm. I like to play. I guess the God's Devil's advocate. advocate. Devil's yeah. advocate. God's advocate. God's yeah. advocate. Because uh-huh. I'm advocating for God at this point. <laughs> so I would say, all right, I'm a Christian now. So hey, here's the thing that you're confusing. God made Adam and Eve with a plan, and their home was not supposed to be in the Garden of Eden in the first place. Mm-hmm. He made them so that they can enjoy life here because the whole test for humanity is for these two people to experience life with free will and find God. He made people to find God. That's why he made God people in his image. Then why did he punish them for making their own decision? You think of it as a punishment, but really what it is is That's just... Not, it's specifically called a punishment in the Bible. Well, the Hebrew texts say things that got translated, and oh, sure, yeah, there's right, wrath yeah. involved, but really what it is is his plan in action. There was punishment uh, at the okay, beginning so when he, he read it down. He basically laid a trap for the human race. When they needed him most, he was really just screwing with them. Let me ask you a question then. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, getting back to my point, <laughs> uh, how they did not know that it's a great point that, that they that well that was just one of the questions in the book. Sure, yeah, uh, but they did not know that that disobeying God was right or wrong right. because they had not got that knowledge yet. <clears throat> but then he holds not only them accountable for that, sure, but every single person through the history of the of the hum, human humankind, sure. And I mean, there's nothing moral or fair about that. Could you? I I tend to look at the creation story with Adam and Eve as more of a sympathetic story as a literal story. There are people who take it literally, of course. Yes, but of then course. there are people. And that's why I'm speaking against. Sure. I don't mind people taking it, um, metaphorically. Metaphorically. I mean, it's it's a good story, but it, it doesn't bear a whole lot of scrutiny. Sure. Yeah. But if you if you were to take it to a next level and just say, this is God's first time as a parent. Like he made these first two people. Of course, he should have known not to leave the, well, the magazines in the back shed. The shed. Doesn't he know everything? I think he knew everything at the time, but there wasn't much to know because he just made the world like six days ago. Past and he, present. He future. just he just I made mean, the world six and years also, ago. Also, you know, coming back to the point that you said this was God's plan. Yeah. The entire Bible is just nothing but God's plans running right. awry. Oh wow, I that's mean, failing. That's shots. That's that's harsh words. Well, if you the, don't get calls uh, for that, I don't know. What the uh, well, maybe maybe the phone line number is three 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 five nine three seven. That's three 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 five nine three seven in the eight six five area code. But what I'm saying is uh, the Tower of Babel. Okay. He planned. He, you know, he did not have a plan for them to build a tower, and they built it anyway. And they all spoke the same language, so he had to change his plan. He had to destroy the t- tower and change their languages. And he, now he we did speak all want... so many different languages now because huh? of that. Now we have English, Spanish, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But was it his plan to have the languages? Or Maybe was it, it was. Plan? For the cost of one yeah, building, yeah. now we have all these languages. Yeah. Maybe that was um, the grand what plan about, altogether. What about terminating the entire population of the earth? Not everybody. He kept the one good family. And oh, you're saying he didn't really do that because a few people survived? Maybe. So, Christian Hat, I'm saying mm-hmm. he... So, this is a phrase that I hear a lot. Uh, death... And life don't really equate because he controls death and life. He controls what happens after it. He can bring the people back okay. in other forms. Well, it's completely not, immaterial can, to what he can, can do. say that, but it's not moral. It's not moral. Well, let's say that you, you in the lab created a dog. Okay. Or you created a cat. Yes. Does that give you a right to, to, to treat them any way in the world once they're sentient and, and feeling creatures? That you could kill them at your whim just because you're the one who created them? Christian hat. Of course, I would say no, but there is an additional level of control that God has, so that even uh, if what we it's see, just another here of the myriad of claims that Christians it's throw. in the Bible, and that's an argument. But it's, but that it's proves, a claim that you, when so you is there say a difference between an argument and what substantiates the climate? When you say your claim is in the Bible, yes. that is not a defense. You're just pushing the claim back to where to its source. Right. Now you've got to defend the source, which is what you should be doing. So you're saying there's a difference between an argument and what supports the argument? No, I'm talking a difference uh, or whether that claim. Argument. Okay, there's a claim. claim. I have a like, book of claims. When, that when says, a Christian tells you that you've got to accept Jesus, you've got... Okay. Why don't we get that? Yeah, we got a call coming in. Good talk so far. this microphone over here, point it to the phone, <laughs> turn up the <laughs> volume, and turn off the mute. Hill, uh, this is uh, Doubter Five and the Wombat. Radio Free Thought Radio, uh, Radio Hour. And who are we talking to? Hey, my name is 
Sebastian, uh, listening to the program for the first time tonight. Hi, oh, okay. welcome. You? Welcome. And what's your religious background, if you don't mind me asking you? I was um, born and raised Southern Baptist here in East Tennessee, and deconverted, I guess, I don't know, four years ago, and have been publicly out of atheist for a year and a half now. Oh, oh that's okay. just about as long cool. as me. Very good. Um, yeah, but congrats. Anyway, I wanted to run something by you guys tonight. Right. Um, I guess maybe a line of critique against maybe the traditional evangelical Christianity that I was brought up in. They kind of was one of the issues that I considered when I was losing my faith. But, you know, it isn't really a line of attack that I hear much. Maybe you've heard it. I, I'm sure you probably are in this more than I am. But, um, it had to do with, uh, I guess, the role of the Holy Spirit. Sure. Um, there was this idea that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was, in the version of Christianity I was in, it, it was real, and it was supposed to be something that was within you to guide you and give you guidance, you know, if you pray and he would lead yeah. you in the right direction, you yeah. read scriptures, uh-huh. and it would point you to the meaning of those scriptures. Mm, sure. And I was wondering, do you think it's a, uh, a useful critique or attack on, I, don't, I hate to say attack, I don't want to be so, I'm not hateful, I guess. Sure, we'll thing. call it a critique. It's a useful, uh, critique on Christianity that, you know, um, how can you believe the Holy Spirit today or if there's a lot, just such a general lack of consensus amongst all these Christians? I mean, if everyone who, you know, accepts and receives Jesus and has the Holy Spirit within them, Right, there is no consensus. Matter of fact, uh, you have all these preachers out there in every different uh, sect of Christianity saying that God is speaking to them, but right. he never seems to say the same thing between one sect and another. So what do you yeah, do? Is that, is that a lot of attack or argument that's used often or no? I think it is. I think uh, the lack too. of consensus is a strong argument right. against people yeah. who say the you Holy know, Spirit tells them one consistent thing from an all-powerful and uh, You talk... Christians have a lot of uh, critique about science, but the thing about science is that they start in different areas, but right. they generally come to a consensus about whatever it is that they're talking about. They and there may be know, disagreements down the road, but well, science is designed fringe, to on the fringes of science. There's itself. always uh, on the frontiers of science. There's always a dis. Uh, Healthy discussion, I guess yes. I should say. Okay. Sure. But, oh, yeah. but Christianity, you start with like one church, two churches, and then it's split into 10,000 churches now. Because if you disagree with a, with a, your preacher... You make a new church. You make a new church. You know, you say, well, uh, <laughs> God is talking to me. He told me that ain't so, so I'm going to start my own church. I would also say you have the example where you could have a pew, the first row of seats. Mm-hmm. There could be four people sitting on it, and there'll be five ideas of what right. God is. Right. Well, uh, that's not unheard of. You could say that there are billions of different ideas of God in every single person, sure. parishioner, um, or whole, must goer, whatever has a different version of God in their head, but they just can't uh, enunciate it. Is, is there a uh, a common uh, apologist rebuttal to that critique that you are familiar with? I, I've not. I've never actually brought that up to anyone in faith. That was just one of the things I wrapped with in losing my faith. So I, I've never really heard a rebuttal to it. So 
on ironchariots.org, there's a list of different kinds. Are you familiar with that website, by the way? It's the one that's run by the Atheist Experience that's Austin, taken out, Texas. out of Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. They actually have uh, – so it's ironchariots.org. They have a database that has all of the apologetics and proper rebuttals to them. But you're free, you, you're free not to just regurgitate what they, what they, it's listed there. You can, you know, think, process that, do your own thinking uh, to it. And two of the things that I like in response to what you were saying is, um, what is it? Uh, if there's two people and they have a disagreement between each other, you need a mechanism in order to determine who's right and who's wrong or if they're both wrong. And if they are both espousing that they're using the Holy Spirit as a support for their claims, you should have a, a separate uh, or a separate authority or a separate mechanism to determine which one of them is correct if they both claim to be using the same thing. Yeah. And if that's the case, then why are you relying on the Holy Spirit to determine what's truth? It should be this other mechanism that you're using yeah. to determine no, I, which I think one's true. I think it's a very valid problem uh, that atheists bring up about this, the lack of cohesion with the different churches and the different religions. I mean, theoretically, there's only one God. Sure. Uh, but, you know, you got 16, well, let's say 1,600 different religions throughout the world. And some of those religions espouse more than one And you have God. over 30,000 different denominations of just Christianity mm-hmm. alone. In America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. If you go to yeah. Columbus or if you go to the city where my mom is yeah. right now, there's yeah. there's a church on every and, block. And new ones starting all the time. And, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And none of them oh, yeah. with any particular evidence that their claims are true. Have you gone to different churches before in your background? Uh not many. Um, I uh, went to my home church that I was born and raised in. Then I went to uh, a little uh, Christian college. You may have heard of Carson Newman here in the area a few years ago. And they're a little bit more liberal than the uh, church I went to. So I got my eyes open to some you know, other uh, theologies out there. And you, know, you just start wondering, be like, well, am I wrong? Are they wrong? No. Right. Uh, who, who all's really got the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't have this Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. That just, I mean, there were other issues that, you know, made me start questioning things. Uh, but that, that was always one of the big um, issues that came up with me. But the, I, I just had never heard, heard, you know, obviously the problem of evil and suffering, like everybody's huge breaking point, and of course, was probably mine too. But, uh, there's plenty to plenty out there on that topic, but I just was curious about the lack of uh, consensus Co- cohesion. As, a, as an argument. Yeah. How did you hear us? Were you listening to us on the radio, in the car, or at home? Or? Um, I was listening online, actually. Oh, cool. That's I'm great. at work this evening, so mm. I had you guys on the headphones, and oh. hey. but I was uh, listening to you guys on the ring. So. Yeah. Did you hear about the TV show we were talking about earlier? It's on YouTube. Uh, well, no one watches TV anymore. <laughs> we, we are on the radio, of course, but um, I'm the president of the Rationalists of East Tennessee right now, and uh, they and the Atheist Society of Knoxville put on a weekly television show on Comcast Channel 12 in Knoxville, which you can watch online if you want to at uh, ctvnox.org. Okay. Well, I, I might have to check that out. If you put in a... So true. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a 
Well, thanks. Thanks. You sound appreciate it. You sound great. Like we said, we yeah. just need more stable, happy atheists out. I think mm-hmm. that'd be one out of the, the best. Guys. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think that's my uh, that's my flaw. The, the guy that doesn't like yell at people and just like <laughs> right. Oh, I'm, I'm the same guy as I used to be, and yeah. I'm still kind of happy about things. I just kind of have different questions and a different viewpoint than you, but. Thanks so much for the call. Call in anytime. All right. Thank you. I'll let you get back to chatting somebody else up. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's a great point he was making. I would also say the Holy Spirit is, like, necessarily personal. Like, Jesus is a firm character in the Bible. The Uh Word is a firm thing in the Bible. But the Holy Spirit is where you start to interact. Because it's personal, everyone's going to have their own little angle coming mm-hmm. towards it and that <clears throat> generates multiple versions of what the holy spirit necessarily well, has sure to be. it has to be yeah every person's different right but uh what gets me is that when you go to church and you start feeling good about the music and uh, the movement and the talking and and you get a good feeling in you and sure. then and then here comes the preacher saying oh that good feeling that's the holy spirit uh, when it's really they've manipulated your emotions using yeah the 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 activities and the music and the and the Low, slow talking, and then bringing it up to crescendo. Mind if we it, talk about that when we sure, come that's, back? That's uh, uh, what we call it. Um, Group of spiritual noses. manipulation. Yeah, that's what they have. A we need to for. talk about this. Yeah, I need to take a, a little break here. Uh, we're going to put on a song and uh, also station identification. But uh, we'll be back in just a moment, so stay tuned. Let's see. If you live in or around the Knoxville area and are questioning your religious beliefs or simply believe in one less God than everyone else, well, you're not alone. The Atheist Society of Knoxville is a fun and friendly group of people just like you that meets twice a week at a bar or restaurant. We meet every Tuesday night following the show at Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria for happy hour. You'll find our group either inside or on the patio. Look for Richard Dawkins' silver-jacketed book, The God Delusion, standing upright on the table. But if you plan to preach, prophetize, provoke, or punch, please don't. We all question what we believe at one point in our lives. If this is the time for you, come join us for food, drink, conversation, and fun. Do you find stories of talking snakes laughable? Do you prefer the scientific method over supernatural beliefs? Are you concerned about religious leaders and organizations imposing their values and rules on your body, your family, and the rest of our society? Well, take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. The Rationalists of East Tennessee meets weekly for fellowship and provides a forum for people who support skeptical thinking and rational discussion of these and other issues. To find out more information or to find out about our next meeting, visit us on the web at www.rationalist.org. I come to the garden alone There's a strange looking guy by the tree He's talking to someone but nobody's there This creeps me out so I flee I pick up some Cheetos and Mexican beer And head home where my books wait for me I get crumbs in the bed And annoy my companion That Sunday in reality Sunday 
cross-legged teachers just ducking Sam Harris and me. Most of my friends really seem to exist. I don't think they're imaginary. There's one on the couch since his wife threw him out, and that's Sunday in reality. Far away stood an old rugged cross, so I called up the ACLU. There was screaming and hate mail and death threats and such. It was clearly the right thing to do. If the faithful had faith, would they jam all those crosses into hilltops to force you to see? No, they'd softly and tenderly call you to join them that Sunday in reality. Sunday in reality. Sunday in reality. No prophets, no preachers, no cross-legged teachers, just Doc and Sam Harris and me. I have guilt, I have shame, but it's all in my name. No one dies for my sins except me. And I'm not off the hook for a few Hail Marys and that Sunday in reality. Sunday in reality. Sunday in reality. No prophets, no preachers, no cross-legged teachers, just Doc and Sam Harris and me. I get this weird feeling I'm not being watched. I get this weird feeling I'm free. Come up to the house and we'll jam after dinner. That's Sunday in reality. Sunday in reality. And we're back. Uh, this is WOZO Radio, 103.9 Low Power FM in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Dr. Five, and this is the Free Thought Radio Hour. And let me reintroduce my guest. Uh, this is the Wombat. The Wombat. And that's Ty Wells. Welcome back, Ty. Hey, it's great to be here. Okay, what did you have there? Uh, we were going to talk about uh, spiritual manipulation. Sure, spiritual manipulation. Uh, That's an interesting word. Uh, listeners can look that up on the Internet. But basically, the preachers have a, a method for bringing you to a certain crescendo mm. in, during the meeting. Mm. Uh, they let you sit down, get comfortable. That doesn't last long. <laughs> uh, but then they start off with soft music and let you sing and and then they talk low, and then they they bring things up, and and have you stand again, maybe sing another hymn, sure. maybe a little more exciting this time. Okay. And then they bring their voice up and get loud and mm. and manipulate your your um, emotions. Yeah. So that at the time uh, that they pass the the what is it, the the plate. Or even at the end, oh, when, when, I didn't you're, think yeah, about it like that. when you're uh, when they, you're ready, uh, the spirit is moving in you. No, it's really them. just your emotions they that are moving. Time. So you, so I actually have the benefit of going to, I would say, white churches and black churches, mm-hmm. and it's a little different in both. Yeah, I, I haven't <laughs> gone to many. The world's churches, different, but, but we yeah. call it. I would say it's social programming to a certain uh-huh. extent. 
I haven't uh, gone to many churches, period, uh, since, since the Navy. I've anyway. been to many. I got a whole collector's yeah. card full. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say the things that are the same are very similar to the stuff you say. You go in, mm-hmm. they either separate you from your kids, the kids do their own Bible study, you do your own, so you're already trusting the church with how they raise mm-hmm. your, your, your kids. Mm-hmm. And they can do their talk, they can do, have their classes away right. from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be there without distracting kids. Uh, so. Sure, I guess so. Yeah, but, until they bring them back into the vestibule. But when the actual preach starts there's typically a procession of love it's like hey greet your neighbors go around mm-hmm. and hug three people i think there's a word for it they use it in programming cults like if you're in a cult or the first thing they do is they try to make you feel loved sure. uh-huh. you go to there the first thing you do is you shake hands you hug people people you never met you wouldn't do this outside of the church but it helps us to create Cement a the sense crowd. of a community right sure then of course you have the songs that come out the songs have a very specific structure to them. They're not overly complicated. It's a verse that's generally repeated over and over again. There's no minors in the songs, so all the chords sound very happy. They're either G's, D's, C's. I learned how to play music because of the church. Like, we went mm-hmm. to church. They said, hey, you want to yeah. play piano? I was like, sure, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I, I'll learn. It's Once they teach you three chords, you're good to go. Yeah. You learn yeah. them all. <laughs> I, 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 took, I took piano at a point in my life, and it's really easy to yeah. recognize the church song. Yes. As opposed yeah. to the other songs that you're learning. And right. you, can, you, t- you get to where you can just pull those out anytime you want to and, oh. and give them an effect of church. So I'll tell you this. So we went to a Pentecostal church. They, were, they had the most – I'll give props to you, the Pentecostals. They have the best music. Because they tend to be more pop oriented. A lot of people will go to Pentecostal church as part of their their music career because they want to make the name for themselves or at least network with yeah. other churches. Yeah. So there's like a circuit where they would go on. Uh-huh. And their music is actually really well. It's, there's breaks, there's pre courses, this course is very complex. But for the most part, it's just droning of the same thing. You stand up, you sing, you sit back down, your head goes, your blood goes to your head. You stand back up, you sing some more, you stand back down again. And right. the songs are like, Oh, you're breathing out. You're not breathing. It's just stripping your breathing. So your, your yeah. blood circulation is completely different. Right. It makes you more perceptible uh-huh. to suggestion to a right. certain extent. No. Let me give out the phone number again if you'd like to join the conversation. This is area 865. The number is 333-5937. 333-5937. And the thing about it is if you don't think that your emotions can be manipulated, oh, just think of some evo- emotional movie that you've seen recently. Oh, sure. Those directors know how to do it. It's almost formulaic. What's the last movie you cried to? Oh, just think all the way back to Old Yeller. Oh, what? Uh, the the yeah. live action? No, you, you, you're probably too young to know about Old Yeller. I know about you, Old Yeller. What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. I'm not that old. Oh, I'm not that young. But, it, you know, Kids it's a, a yellow dog. Yeah, of course, yeah. That, yeah. that has Old to be put yellow. down. Because he, he defended his, <laughs> the, the, the young master. He defended the young master against yeah. an, a rabid animal. Okay. And yeah. then the that boy had to put his, his dog down. It yeah. was very emotional. Oh, yeah. But how many other movies have you seen uh, where it just jerks your emotions right out of your body at the end of the movie okay. or in a particular scene. Oh, yeah. And those are formulaic. Those mm. directors know exactly how to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so does your preacher. You know, <laughs> if he's a good part. preacher, especially the, the ones with the mega churches. Sure. You know, Absolutely. they've got a huge audience, mm. and it works better on a bigger crowd. Absolutely. Like, you, it's like if you go to a live comedy show versus listening to the album at home by yourself, mm-hmm. you're way more susceptible to laugh at a live show mm-hmm. because everyone else is around laughing at you. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
than you would be if you're just sitting down at sure. home. It's or if you're at a rock concert, uh-huh. you're really into that music when you're yeah. there live. Mm-hmm. You just you fall into the crowd a little bit. Yeah. I would also say there's something powerful to the way how preachers phrase their sentences, especially when it's confident and slow and what they say isn't so important, but the way they, they say, say it. it. Oh, yeah. you're like following along with them. They're saying the things that are already in your head. It's like you're listening to a song that's already your favorite song. Yeah. You already know the thing that's going to come up. And you're excited when he says the thing you say. It's all calculated to a certain extent. It is extent. calculated. kind of makes you feel and, icky. And what, what's bad is they can move a crowd to do uh, bad things. Um, crowds can be swayed. They can be swayed to action, which sure. is a real problem. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with politicians, though. Now, now we're going to just what manipulates human nature. Yeah. Well, the defense against it is to, is to uh, use critical thought and critically sure. analyze what they're asking you to do. Sure. Uh, and the things that they are claiming is truth. Sure. Um, and believe me, there are a lot of claims, unfounded claims in religion. Um, the fact that, you know, let, let me, I have a meme that I put on the internet. Okay. And it says, you must, uh, uh, you must accept Jesus, uh, into your heart. You must be forgiven of your sins. Your soul must be cleansed so that you can, it can then go into heaven. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, you'll go into hell. Okay. I just mentioned about five things there that have no evidence in the real world and they're all claims of Christianity that they, that they put out as truth, like souls, because heaven, right, hell, right, sin. Yes, sin is a trespass against God. Yes, there's no God. There's no concept of sins. Now you can do harm to your neighbor, but the, sin is not a real thing. Um, and I'm being reaching salvation. There's no so, such thing as salvation if there's no sin. And if the Adam and Eve story were uh, was the first sin. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. If it's not a real story, if it's not true and it's only symbolic, then that throws Christianity out the window because that was the original sin. That's oh. what's being passed down so, to the rest of the humanity. So are you saying that the people who take the the Adam and Eve story as a metaphorical story yeah. are basically not being good Christians? Well, no, they may not realize what they're saying. Sure. You know, if they say it's metaphorical, you know, in, in order to defend Christianity, mm. say, that's not a real story. We don't really believe that. But... That right there has the basis for all of Christianity and salvation and the original sin. No. If you don't have the original sin, then it doesn't get passed down to future generations. So let me come to you because you've been an atheist for a long while. I, I recently just got off the boat maybe about two, four years ago. I know I just said one and a half years, but yeah, you know, it's a process. I've been right? for 44 years, I guess. You know, I'm coming to you and you're saying, hey, all you have to do is exercise critical thought. All you have to do is well, you know, what they should well. do, not all you should do. <laughs> But there's still an emotional yes, side that is. Christianity answers and, for a lot of people. And some people take years to get over that. Right. Decades. How do you, why do you say, what do you say to a person who's like, I understand that this doesn't follow logic, but this feels good. And right now I value, I need something that feels good. Well, I would recommend that they, they seek out a group like the Sunday Assembly. Mm-hmm. Or the Humanists of East Tennessee, some group that meets but does, or maybe even the Unitarian Universalist or Church. Or come down and see us on Tuesdays at Barley's if, if you're right, nearby. Right. Yeah. But if they're if they're missing the 
pomp and pageantry, pageantry of, of church. We won't give it to them on Barley's. Yeah. You know, we can have pizza yeah. and discussion. Yeah, you know what, though? <coughs> Sometimes but, you don't go there just for a religious discussion. Sometimes it's just nice to be around right. people that you can talk to. Yeah. No, I, I highly recommend they come. You know, if you want to know more but about it's Barley's. not church. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes that's a selling point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's if true. you go on meetup.com and you look for the Amer- Atheist Society of Knoxville, you'll see uh, our postings there where we meet every Tuesday yeah. at mm-hmm. 5.30 or 5.00. 5.30, 5.30, 6.00. At Barley's. Um, but we usually break up about 8 or 8.30, something like yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes so, we stay a lot longer. It's yeah. a really great place. It's yeah. great. I recommend uh, Some people come, eat dinner, talk, and leave, and other people stay and talk for a long time. Yeah, and we'll talk not, about literally anything. We'll have maybe 25, 30 people at the biggest, but then we'll end up with a small group of a dozen people that right. just stay and stay. So if you're looking for good conversation, if you if conversation yeah. is a thing that's missing in your life <laughs> and you you have to worry about what you're going to say, no, don't. Come down to Barley's, tap, uh, Barley's uh, to the Atheist Society of Knoxville every Tuesday mm. and uh, sit down, pull up a, a chair, have a beer, eat some pizza. So let me get back discuss on it. Can I get back on point? Sure. So we have this situation where you're telling me, you know, uh, the Bible says things, but because the Bible says them, it's not a, it's not good enough. You're saying we need something more than just. Well, certainly. The Bible just says. Well, things, here's but the, the thing. Bible says it. We don't I mean, if the Bible says that the moon, is, the moon is beautiful. Sure. Well, that's 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 personal, and it's it's. Uh, it's a very nice thought. It's it's nothing that needs proving because we we pretty much think the moon can be beautiful. Mm. But if they say your your soul is in uh, eternal jeopardy, yeah. Well, or then they, they need say sin exists, and, and you need to you know come to our church and get and exactly, tithe yeah, for the rest just, of our lives. Yeah, that's I've a, had that conversation. That's a very serious cost. To you personally. Is it? Isn't it my salvation? Look, the Bible tells me the things salvation, that I need to know. The salvation hinges on you having a soul. So where, where is the If you proof? don't have a soul, you don't need salvation. So is the Bible the proof or the claim? It's the claim. The entire book is the claim. So there's a difference between, like what we were saying before, a proof and a claim. Right. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I, I think I'll use that. Yeah, you so need independent verification so on any up, claim. So if someone brings up the Bible as an example, which mm-hmm. is a very, very common in the pamphlets that I brought yeah. with me today, what can I say to them? Like, I, I see what you brought me, but for me, that's just the claim, and mm-hmm. I need the proof for it. Like, well, the not proof only is that, the claim. But no, there are plenty of other, uh, other people, other religions who have holy books that counteract that claim. Exactly. And yeah. I also have a book called Spider-Man that makes claims, right. but mm-hmm. I know there's proof mm-hmm. that goes against it as taking it a little. Well, as a little and they'll say, yeah, but this, this book, the Bible, has real places and real events. Right. And you'll say, well, Spider-Man takes place but in New, New York, York City. New York City! You know, is that real? No spoilers, just, guys, but go yeah. see Civil War. It's an amazing yeah. movie. But just because you've got some actual uh, real estate locations right. and some events can be traced to uh, actual events does not mean the entire thing is true. Right. Uh, let me give you an example. All right. Uh, King Arthur. Okay. We may very well have found his bones. Right. I wasn't even aware he was a real person. Is he real? That's just it. He, he For all of this time... He he was being thought as as myth. Now, maybe I may be thinking of a different. Thing. How do they even but verify? Let's, it's let's say bones? that the, let's right. say for the sake of argument, sure. they found his bones. Okay, sure. Okay, does that mean that Merlin <laughs> is real? Does that mean that dragons or magic is real? Is, yeah, is real. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, let's say no, that. I really don't know. Like at right. this point, I'm saying I'm not. I'm not going to be convinced until you show mm-hmm. me more proof. Right, I'm, but I'm in a state where well, I well, I just you don't know. know. Um, 
Humes, David Humes, sure. uh, says that we cannot take miracle claims as real. The reason being is that miracle claims generally state that laws of the universe have been broken. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, <clears throat> so the thing I don't like, like about miracles mm-hmm. is that they tend to rely on the supernatural. Yeah. And we don't have proof that a supernatural exists. Well, that's what, yet. that's what David Hume was saying. Okay. And he said this 300 that. years ago. He said, it, it would, if we give credence to a claim hmm. that there's a miracle to place, like the miracle of, um, and the, the, mir- sun, the miracle of the sun in, in Central America. Uh, what is the that? Sun th- I mean, it's worth two kids or three kids said that Mary appeared to him. Okay. And told them to meet on a, a, a field. Okay. And they told their story to the church, and the church got, you know, thousands of people together for this miracle. And they looked, they stared into the sun. They stared they, into the sun. And they, they say they saw it dance in the clouds. All right. In the sky, turn wheels, cartwheels in okay, the sky. Okay, sure. And things like that. Hey, you know what? That could actually happen, but yeah. it doesn't, there's doesn't some causation. Mean you're staring into the sun. Well, but what I'm saying is that that claim, sure. if it were true, sure. if we credited it as being true, okay. would mean that we give more credence to that than that the person who was telling us was either mistaken or lying. Right. Again, I would say in that situation where, say you had 10 people or 20 people who saw the sun dance, that's 10 or 10 or 20 claims. Now you need proof. Mm-hmm. You need someone who can say, hey, the earth was moving or the sun was moving independently of its solar well, rotation. it's easy to debunk it. You need it. tidal waves. You need solar right. stuff. I would need more information for you to explain right, sure. that to me. Well, Until then, we just have a bunch of people saying it. Well, not only that, but they disagree on what they saw. Uh, that's also a bad thing. They, the, the paper said that, you know, that they interviewed a lot of people and the different people said, some people said they didn't see anything. Some people said they saw you know, the, the the sun doing this, and sure. other people said they saw the sun doing that, and nobody else in the world saw the sun doing anything. Well, you know, just because they disagree, and I'm, I'm <coughs> putting my, I like to argue, like, just because they disagree doesn't mean it didn't happen. Well, it's which just, one? Which story? That's, that's the argument. I mean, now like, you have to just find the person who was telling the truth, and it's up to them if, to demonstrate their claim. It's not yeah, for us, it's, okay. it's not our point to believe them right. until they But do the thing that. about it is, if the sun was doing all that, it would sure. be apparent to anybody on the planet. That's fine. And, and if one person on saw the it. Planet saw it. So, <laughs> if I, if I were to pull out the argument, hey, there was only, there was a time where there was only one person who knew what the structure of DNA looked like, and now we all do, but there was a point where only one person saw it, and nobody else did. Yeah. I think it was Madame Curie. Uh, how no, not to her. DNA. Uh, DNA, she, or the helix structure, is that Watson and Creek? It's Watson yeah. and Creek. Okay, so there's two people who figured it out. And, but they used Madame Curie's x-ray stuff. So I'm getting Okay, well, science. they may have. So I think there was a point where Madame saw the, the the results before Watson and Creek did. And she, and because she was exposed to so much x-ray, she actually died. She took one for science. Props to her. Yeah. But she saw it. No one else did. Doesn't necessarily mean that's proof that it doesn't exist. Again, but what they did no, beyond no, that no, no. was okay. prove their case All right, okay. substantially have, after that. They made a claim and they proved it afterwards, and that's what makes it good. Right. But what I'm saying is, you know, there's an old saying that says, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Right. Unless what you're claiming would leave evidence and it's not there. Oh, I'm not familiar with this. Yeah. Right. Let's say that um, I claim that okay. today at noon I can go outside and the sun will do figure eights. Okay. Yes. Okay. And you're standing over there, and you're looking at the sun, and it's not doing figure eights. And I say, yeah, doing it. Well, you're, that's absence of evidence. 
you're looking up there, and the evidence would be the sun doing figure eights. Okay. But you said, I don't see it. You're, you're hallucinating. I'm sorry. You know, it's not actually doing it. I've got it on film. I'm filming it. It's not doing figure eight. Sure. So that's absence of evidence, which is evidence of absence of this miracle. Okay. I, I Maybe it's just the example that I'm having a problem with, but I would say that I made the argument that that was not happening, and you made the argument where it was happening, and I presented if it. If I I'm, had it on if I'm film. Video, if you had it on film and I just said it didn't happen, but you showed me it to the no, film no, no. and you saw it, that's better evidence on your case. No, what but I'm it's saying. still an extraordinary yeah. claim. But if I show evidence that it wasn't happening, I have the right. better argument overall. That, right? Yeah, because if that actually happened, sure, more than the two of us would see it. Right, I can see that. You know, and that the absence of that evidence is evidence of that not actually happening. So I come from a background where it's impossible, more or less, to prove anything, but you can make very convincing arguments for what you say. And if the closer they follow a reality that most people agree with, mm-hmm. the better they are, the more substantive they are. But they never get to the point where that's absolute truth. So... I always worry when people use a claim saying, hey, here's this rule that I've heard, and as long as it follows this rule, that proves that it didn't happen 100% or happened 100%. I always like the point of just saying, hey, I'm open to believing anything, but you need to reach my standard of evidence right. for me to believe mm-hmm. it. Uh, to get my attention anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm a skeptical person. Give me something I can, I can hold on to. So if you told mm-hmm. me, hey, the world is doing figure eights, I can imagine a scenario where that could be possible. Uh, there's people who are on space stations right now. That that space station's moving through space. It could have wobble. It could be wobbling through space as well. That would allow for some, just based on your object, pointed objective of where you're seeing space, it could make the From sun move in a certain point. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are cases where I would believe it if you just gave me better context or gave me a state where I could believe it. What, what's going on? Maybe you were just moving your head and you're saying, hey, from my perspective, the sun's moving in a figure eight. It's like, oh, of course it is because you're moving your head. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I see it moving in figure eights. Yeah. I believe you now. Mm-hmm. There are reasons why I would believe someone if they said it. But if they said that without any other you know, due course, right. you would need a, a measure for me yeah. to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I understand. Is there anything else on those uh, papers that your uh, mother gave you? Man, I would love to get back into it. There's a bunch of stuff sure. in here. Thank you, Mama Wombat, for bringing this to me. Uh-huh. So uh, we got 10 minutes left. Let's keep it positive, guys. Okay. All right, so positive question here. I'm going to compare your answer with the one that's on this. You mind if I put you to the no, test? No, go for it. How can I find happiness in life? Uh, of course... The pamphlet that I have in front of me says you should just look in the bat in the Bible, particularly Matthew five three, which says, "Happy are those conscious of their spiritual need." So as long as you know that you need God, you can be happy. How would you answer the question? How can I find happiness in life? Helping others, uh, self improvement, um, self realization. Um, there's lots of different ways. If you there, are, you can really only answer that yourself as to what makes you happy. Oh, you're saying you I can't know, get it from a book? It's a personal thing. There are lots of books that tell you how to get happy, though. Sure, uh, but and you can also make the 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 argument that drugs can make you happy. <laughs> they can, but uh, <laughs> you know that's not very productive and can be destructive. There can be destructive but, happiness. You know, it, yeah. There's there's lots of different forms of happiness, but yeah. each each person is different. You know mm-hmm. what what they. Uh, what they want out of life, what they purpose, they purpose they make for themselves in life. Okay, so is a and, and happiness, you can't say you know I'm happy now sure. and then you're happy forever. It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Happiness is a fleeting thing. 
it, it needs it, to be for it to be valuable. Yeah. Or else there'll right. just be so much that's worthless. Uh-huh. Yeah, we <laughs> That's why that's, that's why they're like happy idiots, you know. Yeah. <laughs> If if a person is happy all the time, you don't really trust them very no, much. No, I don't. But it also makes you wonder, like, what state heaven is in. If you're at just a yeah. maximal level of happiness throughout your entire existence, does mm-hmm. it never get any better? Do you ever? Then can you imagine how straining that would be? Yeah, you know, forever. If like, you never came down from it at a hundred percent, like, oh my god, this yeah, is the best thing yeah. at all. Like, I'm trembling, and I'm going to tremble with happiness for, for the rest of eternity. Billions of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. Yeah. No, uh, we're I, sorry for being such downers. I say we keep this positive. I say yeah, we keep sure. So how can I find happiness in life? You know, helping others is a, is a good way. Before I came here this morning, or before I came here this evening, uh, there was a lady who needed help unpacking her car. Yeah. And I was I was here I was here like ten minutes before, but I was walking into the the place where we do this talk. But she's like, "Oh, can you help me out?" So I'm like, "I can't say no to you. No. You're so cute." <laughs> so I had to I helped her unload some of the stuff. They're doing like a potluck downstairs, and then she had like some cupcakes. I loaded that too. Then I'm like, "Okay, I'm ready to book in. I'm ready to do the show. Can you help me cross the street? Of oh, course sh- I can help you cross the street. I'm so." Uh, mm-hmm. She's like, your mama raised you right. I was like, thanks, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mama Wombat will be proud, but I can yeah. feel it. I can feel, mm-hmm. I can feel doubt of fire. Pressure. It's like, where is this guy? He's supposed to come in. <laughs> no, but yeah, well, helping, help, helping sure, her helping made me people, feel really happy. Yeah. I think we made the right choice in the and, end. And learning, a lot of people find education. Uh, at yeah. Five. Uh, scientists live for learning. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It makes them happy. Uh, uh, they don't say Eureka. For nothing, it's a it's a quite a feeling to have I, learned something. I, it, it's so coming from a scientific background, it's fun to go to sleep knowing how much extra stuff you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you have that kind of, if you ever have a feeling where it's just, man, I'm so humbled by how big this is, but I can make a small crack in it. Right, that means so much. Mm-hmm. That's well, not only that, but the, the real problem, one of the real problems with religion is they profess to have all the answers. Yeah, um, that sounds boring. Yeah, I've got a handout cards. I guess I've given you cards that said I got uh, plenty of sets. on the back of it. It says, um, "Science is uh, what is it?" Science. Asking questions, no, having questions that may never be answered. Sure, but religion is having answers that may never be questioned, mm. and you need to ask those questions and validate. Those those positions that they that they give you also make the claims that they it's profess. A, it's a great point. This goes to what the caller was saying. Um, science, or at least from a rational perspective, you have to be okay with the concept of just not knowing and right. and having that as a valid answer. And right, I don't know is a good answer. I don't know is sometimes the fact, best answer. That's what drives scientists to keep learning. To keep I mean, learning. if they yeah. if they knew everything, or or even if they just they were turned religious and said. I don't have to learn. God did it. Right. And let it go. That would be the end of education. For right. Me. Absolutely. And I brought end of scientific discovery. And I brought up this example before. If you have a quarter and you flip it and I catch it in the air, I put it on the back of my hand. I don't know if it's heads or tails. You don't know if it's heads or tails. Science can at best tell you it's 50-50. At that point, if you don't have any more information, the best answer is you don't, don't know. know. Mm-hmm. You don't say it's heads. You don't believe it. Right. You don't say it's tails. And if you say it's tails... I'm sorry. If you say it's not tails, it doesn't automatically think it's heads. You think it's heads. It's just, I don't know. And that brings us to the gambler's fallacy. The gambler's fallacy? Um, Gamblers think, you know, I've been playing this all night and it hasn't hit. It's bound to hit now. Ah, okay, okay. But if you flip a coin, you know, a hundred times and you get 75 tails. Sure. Or even 99 tails. Mm. 
the chance of getting ahead the Still next 50, time 50. is 50-50. And so the, the odds don't change. And so what the caller was asking before was, we have two people who have convinced that it, the coin is in one state, heads or tails, but they're not agreeing with each other, even though they say they're using the same system. Right. But again, whether you say it's heads or tails, that's not, those aren't the best answers. If you don't have any more information, the best answer is I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know is the cornerstone of atheism in a sense. Right. It's okay to not know something. Or agnosticism anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Here true. We go. That's true. We don't, it's, it's important not to believe yeah. or until you're convinced or mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. How if you don't know, it's hard to believe. That. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All right. Okay. We've got about another minute before I have to get into the final slide down. What's anything? coming up next week on uh, uh, Art Society? Uh, Any good talkers? Did we have a good presentation uh, at the Sunday meet? Uh, we we didn't have a Sunday meeting this week. Okay. Um, I was out of town. As okay, a matter of fact, okay. I drove 300 miles today before oh, I got back here. But uh, we should have a good show next week because cool. we're going to do it together. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting to be a team. Anytime you can't kick me out, I'm over yeah, here. Okay. Sounds very good. <laughs> Okay, I think I'll put on the last song, but let me do a station identification. This is WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM, that's Low Power FM, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, run down the list of associations real quick. Uh, the Atheist Society of Knoxville meets every Tuesday evening in Barley's in the Old City in Knoxville. Rationalists of East Tennessee can be found online at the rationalist.org mm-hmm. or just rationalist.org. And they have twice monthly meetings and discussions and presentations. The Sunday Assembly can be found online. Uh, that's like a church without God, without a deity. I'll put it that way. Uh, they celebrate life and uh, each other. And uh, they have a children's program, and it's, it's growing pretty well. That's good. Look up Sunday Assembly Knoxville. And the Secular Student Alliance, which has programs for any high school or college students involved, to get them involved in the free thought movement and give them camaraderie and community where they may not have it in their school. So be sure to join us here next week. I'm Larry Rhodes, Doubter 5. I'm Ty Wells, the Wombat. The Wombat. And this is Atheist Funeral by Dan Sartain.